the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we will continue in our series on struggle. And I think we can all agree that at one time or another, everybody must struggle. So to understand the nature of struggle and the way God uses struggle to refine us is critical to navigating this difficult terrain. And joining us today to move forward in this conversation is our good friend David Savage, the host of a radio show on KNTH AM 1070, The Answer, on Sundays at 6.30 p.m., And it's called Wrestling with the Inner Man. It's a show that focuses on our fight as Christians with our flesh. And you may remember David is an author and a speaker, and his book, The Savage Path, A Memoir of Modern Masculinity, weaves together stories throughout David's life that demonstrate one man's pursuit of authentic masculinity. He's a Texas A&M graduate, and he has a rich background in scouting as a lifelong backpacker and outdoorsman. And he and his wife, Kimberly, have been married 20 years this June. And he told us this morning they're taking dancing lessons. And they live in Katy, and they're blended families together, now grown. Um, And David, most importantly, is a passionate man of God. So I can already tell I'm a little tongue-twisted this morning, so I can already tell this is going to be uh, an exercise in struggle for me. David, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Always great to be here with you. Thank you so much. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. If that doesn't tie, tongue tie you, <laughs> I don't know what does. I can wedded already wingman. tell I'm going to struggle. <laughs> Friends, before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. 
And I guess I'm going to say that for about another three weeks. And then uh, May 1st is my official retirement date. And uh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for your service. Thank you, sir. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are a kind and faithful God, and we know that you would not subject us to hardship or allow us to struggle if that struggle would be in vain. You have told us that you work all things together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Help us to stay focused on you throughout the circumstances of our days. Help us to be content, whatever our situation, knowing that it is but for a short time and that when all is done, we will rest eternally with you in heaven. Help us today, Father, to learn more about struggling and struggling well. May those who hear these words and are downcast be encouraged. May those in pain be comforted. And may those who are lost in the darkness of difficult times be guided toward you by the light of your love. And we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 David, please tell us a little bit about the show. So the show, as you mentioned, is called Wrestling with the Inner Man. And that's because the first fight we face each day is the fight between our flesh, our selfish, sinful nature, and our divine nature inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so with each episode, we talk about something that we're wrestling with. And it's been very rewarding uh, as I've kind of broadened. You know, we started with Aaron. We did the first 40 shows. But now I've been bringing in more people kind of taking a, a cue from your show where we can get other opinions and other platforms, you know, to reach a greater audience. And I've been uh, really pleased with just the variety of things that people have come on and been willing to share about. Cause really it's about telling stories. People have great stories and I want especially young men to hear them so that they can uh, be encouraged to know that, you know, when things are, are difficult, you go through tough times, you can recover and you learn and, and the struggle actually sharpens us. Yeah, uh, iron sharpens iron for sure. Uh, Christy and I were talking a little bit today about uh, that vulnerability on the way into the station, talking about allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. It is amazing the things that we can get from our guests when we allow the Holy Spirit to enter the room and, and share. I've often thought that sometimes the civilian world doesn't understand the military very well, And the responsibility falls on the military because sometimes we aren't willing to share and we aren't willing to open up. And we keep things within the brotherhood and the sisterhood of the military and those around us are the less for it. And it hurts us ultimately because then we don't really know each other. And my point with that slight diversion is when I hear you say, when we're willing to tell each other stories and and be vulnerable in those stories. I think that's an amazing thing. It's a gift that we give to each other. What do you think? Well, I I certainly agree with that. Um, I have a a book by Charles Grinnell, I'm sorry, William Grinnell, who wrote it in 1655, and I have this daily devotional. And this, I just wanted to read this little excerpt because it really depicts uh, word-wise a picture of what it's really like because we can try to be good people and we can keep, sin or sinful nature kind of at bay, but it has to be like extinguished. And so it says here, this is just one of the daily devotionals. It says some wrestle 
because they are pressed into service. Their slavish fears frighten them and keep them from their lusts for the moment. But the real combat for such a wrestler is between his conscience and his will rather than between his soul and his lusts. In such a case, the will at last prevails for lust held in check but not discarded grows as wild as a trapped stallion. And I just love that picture. Finally, the conscience can no longer hold the reins nor sit in the saddle, but it is thrown down. Then the lust rages where it can have its fullest meal and will continue to gorge itself until the conscience revives and runs to God for help. Wow. Yikes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was I thinking. Mean, Yikes. So what does that mean to you? Well, it means that, look, if I'm talking about my sin, let's just say diet. Let's just say I'm, I'm trying to adhere to a diet. And then, you know, so when you give into it, it's like that wild sign. I'm going to go and, and gorge, you know, until the conscious revives. You know. So you binge. You binge television. You binge sin, you know, whatever that is. I think uh, it, it just describes it so well that you, your conscious is not going to be capable. You have to call upon the Holy Spirit to, to battle and, and actually kill that sin. It has to be extinguished. And, you know, because you can wrestle it for a little while and kind of pin it down, but you've you got to kill it. Yeah, it's kind of like the idea of you can't think, uh, you can't not think about something. You will just sit there in that place of trying not to think about it. You have to replace those thoughts with something else. And I think very much we can't not focus on the flesh. We have to replace that focus with something else. And that would be a focus on the spiritual. Right. And as we seek... Uh, the shield of our faith in the helmet of salvation and only Jesus when we focus on him can take us away from that struggle what I heard in there is that and of course that as a as a coach you've got to get real first you've you've got to face the flesh and so I think those words so um, eloquently written but yikes make us get real like okay we're struggling between the flesh and the mind and the soul, all of this, we got to face that first before we make better choices. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so much that hinges on that. So we were talking uh, today about the walls that we put up. And behind those walls we hide. And that precludes unity in the truth. And we spend each day trying to plaster over the cracks in our walls and present this facade to the world around us. The perfect lies we live on Facebook, the pithy things we say on Twitter. And Jesus actually says to us, I'm not actually going to help you repair your walls. I'm going to ask you to take your walls down. And I'm going to ask you to trust that you are invulnerable in me. Nobody can hurt you in me because we're in the spirit and that's all about the flesh. So let's take those walls down. Stop pretending. Stop playing reindeer games and let's get real with each other. And that's uh, what you said about willing to tell ourselves stories. And then you're willing to tell each other these stories that are real and help us to navigate that, th those struggles. Right. I, you know, you uh, have this uh, Bible quote here, Philippians 4.11 Paul says, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. Could you imagine being able to truly say that? I, I can't, actually, I, because I'm a human, fleshly creature. 
And it's very difficult to imagine being content in every circumstance. Now, he says he learned, and I'm still learning. Maybe I can get there. But think of uh, how much we all love comfort and uh, that we've got to you know, complain around water coolers, coffee bars, whatever. Misery loves company is a, a famous saying, and, and it's very true. And I, you know, I participate in that myself. And the beautiful thing, though, is in that learning, that's where the struggle is, and that's where we're refined and made whole. And we don't get that. Yeah, there's so much hinging on this inner struggle. Here's struggle with the inner man, struggle with the inner woman. There's so much hinging on this to just know that we are so loved, uh, not more because we do things right, not less because we do things wrong. And if you think about it, if we were loved more because we did things wrong, then we would be actually changing God. Mm, good point. And we're not going to change God. No. He's going to be God. So he's going to love you. And he's going to love you when you're wrong. And he's going to love you when you're right. And no less and no more because we don't control him. What we do control on a daily basis is the degree to which we bring ourselves to him. And recently in a Bible study, we said, don't just give him a corner of the canvas of your life. Give him the entire canvas and see the amazing things that he will paint and the amazing vibrant colors. And that's the opportunity that we have each morning when we wake up to genuinely just let the walls down, let the facade go and give it all to God. And in his love, be focused on the beautiful canvas that he will paint with our lives. And come on back. We're going to talk more with David Savage. I get that we all have our day. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's Wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with David Savage, uh, uh, a fellow radio host, and he has a show, Wrestling with the Inner Man, which is uh, just a brilliant title, talking about uh, the very first struggle that we face each morning. Um, I've told this story before. When you get in an airplane, even these very modern uh, airplanes that are called glass airplanes where everything is computerized and you have all these screens, you often still have a backup attitude gyro and funny that it's called an attitude gyro but it's a gyroscope that you use in case everything else fails to know uh, when the wings are level and where the nose is 
And you have to pull this knob first thing in the morning because when you take power off the airplane, this gyro will tumble. It will just go and lay flat, kind of like when we're sleeping. There's no telling what goes on. So first thing in the morning when we wake up, we have to orient ourselves to what's up and what's level. And that way throughout the day, regardless of what happens, if all else fails, we know what's up and we know what's wings level. And in saying that, I'm referencing, obviously, the struggle that we have to do that, to orient ourselves to God first thing in the morning, and that's the armor that we will uh, use to face the day. And so we're talking about that very first struggle that we have each uh, morning, and then throughout the day as we strive to be uh, the people that he wants us to be, not outwardly, not uh, in falsity, but truly from the heart. Uh, amazingly from the heart, purely from the heart, because he judges our intentions. So he's uh, in it behind the scenes, and we can do the right thing, but if we do it with the wrong heart, it's not the right thing. And so we are talking about that struggle. That's why we're talking about it, because it is critical to all the good that we can do. And uh, James chapter 1, verse 2 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And that's because we know that God works our trials for good. So, David, please uh, talk to us about maybe a good story that you've heard in your show or that comes to mind as you think about this. Well, I've had uh, many guests on that have some good stories. I think one in particular uh, is a good friend of mine who has been through leukemia and he was, and of course you're angry when you get any kind of a, a, a chronic and, and, and potentially lethal illness and you're kind of in the poor me and feeling sorry for yourself. And, but he, he, you know, he was tough and he was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to muscle through this. I'm going to do all the treatments. And so he's a Hispanic man. His name is Austin Ruiz. He's going to be on the show. We've talked about it. But we haven't recorded the show yet, but he told me this, this, an incredible story of how he came down here to MD Anderson and went through five sets of chemotherapy and none of them were working. And he was just, he was it. He was spent, he was uh, ragged out from, you know, all the treatment. And he said, I want to go back home. So uh, he lives in central Texas and he was out in his backyard by his pool. And he just said, God, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this struggle. I'm giving up. I just want to go ahead and die. None of these chemo treatments are working. And then as he was kind of having this conversation, which he thought was with God, he realized that that was Satan talking to him. This is how he related the experience. And he goes, no, that's, that's not it. And then he felt this peace come over him. And Jesus just reassuring me, he says, you know, I'm, I'm not done with you yet. You are going to be uh, successfully treated. And, he said it was incredible, and it was in a you know a span of like five minutes. So he he says, "All right, let's go back to Houston." And then that week, they had learned because he was Hispanic, there was some he called it they had a name for like some kind of a marker where that chemo was ineffective, and they had just developed this new treatment that they customized just for him. And he went through that treatment, and it was successful. And he's been in remission since. And he's just like every day is a gift and. But it was just this incredible story, and you know, I can't get into it too, too lengthy, but to ha, to be diseased, to be ill, to be sick to the point where you're almost wishing you know, for death, and then to be restored and to recognize 
you know, that it was Satan that was kind of wanting to make me throw in the towel and quit. I think, you know, that was a very powerful story. Yeah, I hear a lot in that uh, because his story becomes a testimony for God. And so Satan doesn't want that testimony. So if he can cut you off at the knees before uh, he has a chance, uh, before Jesus has a chance to complete his work, um, what do you, why do you think that's an important story? Well, just because he, he recognized, I don't think we talk enough about Satan evil as an active force in the world. You know, uh, I think there was a question that Christine asked, you know, what is it, what does the Bible say about struggling? And it's in Ephesians six twelve, it says, you know, we struggle with the principalities, you know, it's not yeah. really, it's in a spiritual realm. And so we need to talk about that more because we're not equipped. You know, you're a soldier, you have your equipment, you know how to protect yourself, but we don't have the equipment in our physical world, like we were talking before the show, to to do battle. We have to begin every battle that, that's really serious in the spiritual realm with a surrender, and that's a surrender to God, and let him by, fight that battle for us. And that's a hard thing to do. It's very very much against our nature you know, to want to uh, manage things ourselves. Yeah, if we can, number one, I'm not a soldier, I'm a Marine. Okay. And, and so let's not say that again. Um, otherwise, you'll have a struggle with the outer man um, right here on the show. All right, show. gentlemen. Um, if you could, this idea of a wall, I, I really, I, sometimes I get to be like a dog with a bone, but okay, so there's this wall. And every day we're just trying to patch it up. And the irony of uh, the spiritual world is if we can just let that wall down, if we can just let that wall crumble, if we can actually kick that wall down ourselves, the freedom, the peace, the whole struggle goes away. Uh, Now I'm not even playing with that wall. And it's a place of intense vulnerability. And you're so right that uh, for our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against, you know, Ephesians chapter 6, the principalities and the authorities. So, yeah, it's an amazing thing that you're saying where, what if I just sidestep the entire thing? What if I just say, yeah, I'm not doing that today? And what if I let myself off the hook a little bit and say, you know what, some of these things that have happened, I, I was encouraged to that bad course and and and. Uh, there is evil in the world, and evil does want to see good uh, put away. And so I had that going against me. And in Christ, I have forgiveness because he knows. Just I think amazing. it's important. It brings me again back to reality, though, when and what you're talking about. I think, um, David, is we often want to look at the redemption side of things because that lifts us up. That's lighter. That's better. God will redeem us if we can see that but we don't want to also look at the reality that there is this dark force in there because that's scary and anything that's scary makes us vulnerable and but it's what's beautiful though is when we come to that reality that vulnerability those walls drop as you're talking about Richard then we are um, we are a vessel that can that get can be the light can get into yeah. What if the first forgiveness we offer is to ourselves? Yeah. Love your neighbor <laughs> as yourself. And you say, hey, I didn't do a great job of this, but I wasn't acting in a vacuum. There were forces arrayed against me. 
And yes, I fell down, but Christ is lifting me back, back up. We're going to dust off. And what are we going to do tomorrow? Well, you, I'm going to focus on him and he'll lead me on this, on this dangerous ground. You say this a lot, but you can't give away what you don't have. So if you don't start with forgiveness of yourself first. Do you, you see that? That's a very good point. Do you see that a lot in, uh, as you talk to people about their struggles? Do you see a critical point where, I, I don't know how to say it exactly, there's this moment of self-forgiveness? I don't think it's a, it's a moment what I, so I'm thinking of people with uh, addictions. So I've had, you know, one of my lifelong best friends who dealt with drug addiction, you know, with cocaine addiction. Um, I also ha- had a, a guest who was a pastor who has a uh, mental illness, you know, and, and that, that like not forgiving yourself is part of like just chronic depression. And, and so I think that's just one of Satan's tools and it's a very effective tool I don't struggle with that as much myself personally, but the guests that I've talked to, this, uh, I'm not good enough. Uh, I can't, you know, I've done things that are just so bad that I can never forgive myself that they can never get over that. And I think that's Satan just trying to keep them pinned down. But I I do believe that forgiving yourself is, is essential, you know, especially for people with addiction who, that's what the whole 12 steps is about is you've got to go and make your amends, you know, and the, but you got to forgive yourself before you can begin that process. So uh, as we move toward the end of the segment, we said we were going to talk about why struggle matters, why it's important. And so how would you wrap, uh, wrap that up? How would you answer that question? Why does struggling well matter? Well, so if we had not been Satan's prisoner first, we would not fully understand our deliverance at last. And this is again from Grinnell. God permits Satan's temporary reign in order to increase the saint's eternal joy. That's really the at the end. Does this sound like a paradox? Think about your own life, and you will find that often the occasions for the greatest joy arise from the ashes of suffering. Scripture gives three illustrations of great joy, the joy of a new mother, the joy of a prosperous farmer, and the joy of a successful soldier or marine. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Get that right. <laughs> the exultation of all three is harvested from hard soil. It costs the travailing woman great pain, the farmer many months of backbreaking labor, and the soldier grave peril before they can come to their reward. But at last, they are paid in full. And so it's that joy in heaven that you get is cannot be experienced. I, you know, it's like you cannot appreciate the glory of spring if we haven't experienced the bitterness of winter. You can't have the lightness, light without the dark. Yeah. Uh, friends, if you've listened to the show, you know there's a quote by Thomas Paine that I absolutely love. And he wrote the pamphlet Common Sense, which urged the United States, well, it wasn't the United States, and the colonies, to revolution. And he said, that which we achieve too easily, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods. And if you think about that, it is dearness only. Well, what, can, what makes something dear? How hard you worked for it. How you struggled to achieve it. And stay with us, folks. We're going to talk about that more in the third segment with David Savage. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here 
on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelo has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity, and at the beginning of the show, I told you I was having struggle putting two words uh, next to each other. And I just want to make sure that I said this correctly. David Savage, his show is called Wrestling with the Inner Man, and it's on KNTH AM 1070, The Answer, on Sundays at 18.30 Marine Corps time and 6.30 p.m. uh, Army time, soldier time, your time. So, yeah, I'm not going to let you go on that one. Uh, Friends, we're talking with David Savage, uh, who has all kinds of important conversations with all kinds of people who have all kinds of struggle, and they end up in a testimony about the kingdom of God because their struggle led them somewhere amazing. And then you realize in the absence of that struggle, they would not have been somewhere amazing. And so what is that somewhere amazing? It's submitted to God. It's knowing that he's the author of our stories. And the more of our lives we give to him, the more amazing a story he will write. And we can have faith in that. And then our story will be read for generations. And it matters because other people are looking for hope in the truth and the love of God. And so we talked in the last segment about the fact that there are forces arrayed against us. This is a battlefield. Uh, The entire context of the Bible is war from Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, when the serpent rears his ugly head, to Revelation chapter 22. 
And so we talked a little bit about uh, self-forgiveness when you say, hey, you know what? I didn't come to this buffoonery by myself. I was helped here by evil forces that want very much to undo the potential work that I will do for God. And so, uh, David, uh, the struggles that you see, uh, how do do people uh, find uh, the place, the submission, the success, the testimony? Uh, Are there some common threads in these uh, successful struggles? Yes, it's that they come to a point of uh, surrender. You know, that's first of all, because mm. we have the same things, you know, uh, the usual cast of characters. You know, we have pride, fear, envy, anger, um, lust. You know, those those are the sins that we all struggle with. The people that have come on my show have, have dealt with hopelessness seems to be. Yeah, you know, I, I think coming out of the pandemic, hopelessness has been a real problem. You know, mental illness, addiction, those are others. And so. A lot of people are, even now are questioning, you know, and, and from a career standpoint, I had a pastor who said he was struggling with his calling. You know, he wanted to be released from his calling and how that ended up being like an eight-year struggle for him. But God kept telling him, no, this is, you know, I'm not done with you yet. I want you to do this. And then he and then he was released from that calling and is in a new uh, career. And he actually, his name is Tom Douthat, and he does... Uh, Toolbox Ministries, if you're familiar with those, these luncheons that they have for men around Houston. And so all of these stories are, these are mature men who have kind of really wrestled with stuff. And then, you know, they've kind of had to surrender. They've, they've done all the wrestling they can out of their physical strength until they're exhausted. And then when you finally are just completely exhausted and you submit and surrender to God, you're like, okay. I'm just going to I'm just going to give it up. I'm just going to let you take it. And then that's when the good things begin to happen and that's when they begin to understand because then you're asking God for his wisdom which surpasses, you know, all human understanding. So those people then can have a testimony to say, "Well, you know, I wrestled with that and then when I finally let go and then I listened and I prayed and I sought, you know, counsel in the scriptures, well then he began to show me, you know, each day at a time in, in increments of time not like suddenly I got it all at once, but then I, and then now I'm giving you the benefit of looking back and I can, and I can see how he worked everything out for good. Right. And these blessings are, 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 are overflowing now. Friends, I heard so much in there. I did too. That I have was, a list. that was amazing. <laughs> and I took a couple notes because I want to mention something that not a lot of people think about. I think, Because our society tells us we're supposed to be comfortable. There are even Christians who preach the prosperity gospel. Who invented that? And the world hated Jesus. The more we're like Jesus, the more it will hate us, period, end of story. And in order to be more like Jesus, we have to struggle. That's how we come to be more like Jesus. God cares about heart. He doesn't really care about your mind and all of this other stuff. He cares about your heart. And so he wants us to have a heart like Jesus. And the Bible says, suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope, and our hope will not put us to shame. So big surprise, people feel hopeless. Why? Because they're seeking comfort, and they're averse to struggle. And so we turn away from the struggle that will bring us to the suffering that will produce the hope. And so it's amazing to me, because who sold us that bill of goods? 
Well, Satan did. Himself. When he said, if God loved you, you would have an easy life. And if God loved you, this, that, and the next thing. And because you have a struggle right now, it means God doesn't love you. And that is all the work of evil. Because if we can get on the other side of that where we say struggle is normal, struggle is good, I'm going to focus not just on uh, making it from one day to the next, but I am going to focus on this process of struggle that brings me to the feet of Christ every day when I exceed my own capability. And I say, man, I can't handle this. I can't do this by myself. Jesus, help me. Help quiet these voices. Help help uh, defend me against these accusations and these people who say these things. And all the different struggles. Help, health, Lord. Uh, heal me. Heal this. Uh, and then in that struggle that we just bring to him every day, then all of a sudden we, we, we find hope like your friend did mm-hmm. when he said, no, I'm not listening to the devil. I'm going to listen to the hope that can only be found in Christ. So it's just amazing to me. God is so good. And when we make friends with struggle and the process of that, knowing that he's working all things together for good, then amazing things happen. And sorry about that. I got really excited. No, it was a great recap. And and, uh, also what I heard in there um, beyond the submit were other things that were what those folks did, which were... They, I'm going to use my words, got wise counsel. They mm-hmm. talked to other people and they read scripture. And so there's some physical things, the, some actions that we can take because submit to, to me and when I've talked to other people, sometimes that can be quite... It's kind of big. It's kind of really big, like letting go, but you have to get to the end of yourself before you let go. Yeah, so true. You see a lot of that. You see people getting to the end of themselves in their struggle. Yes. You know, I had uh, one pastor who had uh, bipolar disorder, was leading like the 14th fastest growing and largest church in the United States, and then had this episode, you know, where he was uh, humiliated, embarrassed, uh, pushed out of the pulpit, and, you know, really brought down. And and then he became more aware of, wow, you know, I actually have a mental health issue that I didn't really know I had. And then he 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 went through many years of of counseling and searching for some solution. And then he basically God told him, "Why don't you start this solution for mental health recovery?" And it's called Fresh Hope. And he founded this Fresh Hope Ministry because I don't know a lot of people who come up and tell you, "Oh, I've got a mental health issue," or "I have mental illness." Immediately, everyone just kind of backs off, you know, like on my way into the studio here, there's some guy standing right here on the corner of Fondren and he's like walking up, you know, and he's, he's shouting and you don't, you don't even know what he's, if he's in his right mind that people with mental illness are a little bit scary, but they're still humans and they need treatment. They need compassion. And, and this pastor, you know, who experienced it could not have developed this great ministry if he hadn't suffered and struggled with it himself. God is so amazing, and as heaven is above the earth, so his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are thoughts. And it's very easy for us to be small in our thinking. And firstly, what's ironic to me is when you hear a lot of testimonies, the things about which people were most defensive become their testimony. Right. Uh, This guy had a porn addiction, and uh, he tried to hide it from the world. And then when he became honest with it, 
he told the world and then God worked in his life and then it's his testimony. And now he's out there telling people about the things, not this guy that you're talking about, right. but a guy, he's out there telling people about the things that he was ashamed of before. And it really does um, give meaning to what the Bible tells us, that in darkness, mushrooms grow and evil grows and mold and mildew and all of these things that are just nasty and clammy. And then we allow light to come in. And we just say, I am so unhappy with the way things are. I don't care who knows or what happens. I just want to shine light on this. And so we open ourselves to Jesus and shine the light of truth, Lord. Show me where I'm wrong. Show me where I have the wrong thoughts or the wrong intentions. And in, with all the love in the world, he shines his light into that very dark place. And it's like bleach. It just starts to clean everything. And it's just so amazing to me. It is. But it takes a lot of courage it sure to, does. to say, Lord, I am more sick of hiding this nonsense than I am just giving it up. And I don't care where it goes from here. Yeah, it's the fear. It's the fear. Christy mentioned earlier how fear really drives so much human behavior of being judged by the world. And uh, that's just the wrong value metric. And that's what that's what Satan has is concerned with. And, you know, I'm more concerned about that ultimate judgment before God. And uh, so by being truthful, honest, and transparent, and shining that light into all these little dark corners, you know, fear goes away. What you thought was a monster under the bed was yeah. really a dust bunny, like I think I said before. And friends, it's not that we shine the light, it's that we allow God to shine the light. But we have to open ourselves and we have to uncloak all of that darkness. And we're going to talk about that in the final segment with David Savage. Stay with us. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship... Contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are talking with David Savage about struggle and about his show, Wrestling with the Inner Man, on KNTH AM 1070, The Answer, Sundays at 6.30 p.m. And this is part of our struggle series. Uh, We've had so many different uh, looks at it. And I'm starting to hear some commonalities in each of our discussions on struggle. 
And I'd like to begin this segment by reading you a scripture from Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, and it says this, More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So we talked about a lot of things uh, in the first three segments. We talked about realizing there are forces arrayed against us. We talked about realizing that God's love finds us regardless. It's not contingent on our behavior or our past because we don't shape him. He shapes us. And that when we let things go, and so the word that was coming to me was awareness, aware of the devil, aware of our shortcomings, Uh, aware of his love, and then we decide we're not scared to bring our shortcomings to him. That's quite an amazing place. So if you were to try and wrap up uh, these thoughts, how would you do it? What would you say is critical in these struggles? Well, I think you've covered, you know, that awareness is is certainly key, but I think the, uh, it goes to a, a question Christy had put down in our preparation. She said, what would you tell someone struggling with a particular situation, whatever that might be? And I would tell them that God promises to go through it with us. He does not promise to deliver us from it. But when we go through it with him, it, we have to draw closer to him. And then on the other side, we've come out, we're closer to God, and we're approaching that perfection in Christ, you know, because we've been refined through the fire. That's... Uh, yeah, uh, this is what came to me as you were speaking because I'm always trying to find a way to bring the conversation back to me because <laughs> I'm a pilot and you know that's what pilots do. So enough about you. Let's talk about it's me. your show, Richard. Um, <laughs> no, uh, here's here's one for me. For 20 years, I worked to avoid divorce, and yet here I am. After the divorce, which I tried and struggled so hard to avoid and then just gave everything to God. And now here I am talking for him. I'm remarried to my best friend and wingman and partner and uh, strongest supporter. And we're speaking uh, to God's children and to the people he loves and trying to help communicate a message of his love. And so uh, I used to be so scared and spent so much time miserable and in struggle and feeling like I was a horrible person and a, and a bad husband and a this and a that and the next thing. And then you let go and you just say, Lord, you made me. I know you love me. Do with me as you will. And then you figure out how to do your part because all of that doesn't happen by accident. It takes intention. And so with that awareness, comes the need to take steps. So for me, I wake up pretty crabby. I often wake up kind of sort of at odds with things. And I got to work hard to get everything back in alignment. I talked about aligning that gyro. Mm -hmm. And it really is called an attitude gyro. (laughs) 
and and so <laughs> appropriately we're, yeah we are talking about attitude and so for me it often begins early in the morning it's necessary for me that the house is quiet and it's necessary for me that i have quiet time alone with god and that is just for that day let alone the next and <laughs> right. the next and the next and so rather than saying well i'm a bad person for needing that time and I say, this is, this is what I need, and this is how I'm going to begin my day, and then it's about being intentional in that. So if we said awareness, awareness of what? Re- it's re- awareness is required to begin this journey. How would you wrap that up, finish that sentence? Well, I think awareness of Satan, that evil forces are raised against us. Uh, I don't think that we, that's the very first place that we seem to be... Uh, ignoring in in our culture and society today we have to be aware that there are evil forces in a spiritual realm arrayed against us that we have no chance of even com- combating with we'll lose every time unless we call upon the one who works in the spiritual realm and who has already uh, achieved the victory uh, great point i think the more this evil forces have come out into the open whether on CNN or MSNBC or in politics, the, the harder it is to pretend they don't exist and they've actually done us a favor. And so now we can see them for what they are, but then we still have to make this intentional decision. We have to pivot. We have to say, I'm not going to let them decide who I am. I'm going to ask God to decide who I am. And that's the truth folks. And that brings us to a moment of truth which we have in every show, and we, we look at Scripture to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And our moment of truth today comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, and it says this, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest on me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. I don't think you could say it any better. Let's not hide behind these crumbling walls that we spend our lives trying to shore up. Let's just let them come down and let's embrace the weakness that brings us to the feet of the cross and says, I can't do this by myself. And I have a quote uh, from Mark Twain as our quote of the day, and I love this quote. It says, I have lived through some terrible things in my life, some of which have actually happened. So how does all this go together? We imagine these scenarios and we imagine what the world is going to say to us if we are open and honest and allow our vulnerability to come out from behind these walls. And the bottom line is, who cares? Because God's going to make a story that nobody else could write. As much as I love literature and as much as I love authorship, he is the author and perfecter of our faith and he will make things happen that we positively can't imagine. So, friends... I am not making light of struggle. I have struggled tremendously in my own life. I've struggled in a failing marriage. I struggled in debt. I struggled when people spoke lies about me. And I struggled in the aftermath of numerous combat deployments. Struggle is real and it's painful. 
At the same time, there are different kinds of struggles. There are the struggles we bring upon ourselves with our thinking. There are the struggles that life thrusts upon us. There are the struggles that the devil encourages through our own flesh. And there are the struggles of life's loss and change. And David made a point at the beginning of the show. He said the first fight each day is with the inner man or woman. And so whatever our story will be, it begins with that first struggle and bringing it to Christ. So I don't wish struggle upon anyone, but I know from my own struggles that when weathered well, when endured with grace, when brought to the feet of Christ, when given over to God to grow and refine us, struggle will produce change that leads us closer to Jesus. And who doesn't want that? One final point. Struggle also gives everything its value. Being cold helps us to appreciate warmth. Being hungry helps us to appreciate the blessings of food. Being lonely helps us to appreciate the people around us. And being overwhelmed helps us to know the power of God to bring every situation under his control. And ultimately, isn't it under his control and his control, in fact, that we seek? Would we want anything that wasn't within his will? Can we not trust that he has loving plans for each of us? I said recently that the key to success in any process is to detach oneself from the outcome and to give ourselves over to the process. Just focus on the process. And struggle is a process. Focusing on struggling well will allow God to work in our lives, and he will have the desired outcome. If we focus on obtaining the outcome that we want, it's very easy to lose the purity and purpose of the process, and that's the struggle. So let's detach ourselves from worry. Let's do everything as if unto the Lord and trust that he will work good in our lives and our lives will be a testimony to his good because that's courageous Christianity. So David, amazing to bring your struggles and integrity as you look at uh, the struggles of others and to help us to have that awareness of the process of struggle. Um, how would you wrap this up? Or is there anything that you would want to add to what we've said as we close? I would just say that sorrow has this peculiar attribute that when you look back on it, like just take your own failed marriage, you know, it, it allows you to have greater sweetness in the present joy because you're like, man, I'm not in that place anymore. I've escaped you know, that unhappy place where I was. And I think that's what the benefit of struggle is, is that you can't experience, again, you know, this, this beauty and splendor of spring if we hadn't been in the dormancy and the darkness of winter. And that beauty and splendor of spring is an insight into the ultimate joy we will have with Jesus in heaven. David, thanks so much for being with us today. Friends, Thanks for joining Christy and me. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT, the word, at kkht.com or on courageouschristianity.today or your favorite podcast app where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.